Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Talking with uh, Mike Puma of the New York Post, who covers the Mets. Uh, after this debacle, what do the Mets do now? What do they do about Jacob Degrom, uh, who's a, who said he's probably going to play out uh, his option or plans to opt out? Uh, what do they do with him? Uh, there's a lot of other questions that need to be answered. Uh, it's too early, I'm sure, to come up with a solid answer. But would you be surprised if Degrom was not in Met next year? I wouldn't be shocked, and I, I think the big question uh, we have to look at is: uh, does, does Jacob Degrom want to stay in New York? Does he want to be a Met? And you know, there's some vibe out there that maybe he, he, he wants to be elsewhere. So uh, I'm sure the Mets will make a competitive offer. Will it be? Uh, you know, will it will it be higher than what they're giving Max Scherzer, who's getting forty three million dollars a year? I don't know. Uh, you know, Degrom's on on the books next year to make thirty million. Maybe, maybe there's kind of a middle ground between uh, what he's supposed to make uh, in, in his present contract and what Scherzer's getting, or something like that. But he, yeah, all indications are he's going to opt out here and uh, test the market. Scherzer turns thirty nine at some point next year. Uh, a home run balls have been flying out against him certainly in recent weeks. Um, you know, you got a guy like Max Scherzer, all right, he's a great pitcher and so on, but uh, everybody doesn't subscribe to the Tom Brady law that you're still playing at a high level at the age of 45. Yeah, and that's the thing here. You look at Scherzer's last two starts of the season, even going back to the one he had in Atlanta in that big series, he, he wasn't himself. And he missed a couple of starts in September with an oblique issue. And you have to think there was something going on physically here, even though he, he denied it. But he he wasn't himself at all. And we saw this late last year in the playoffs when he was with the Dodgers. He, he, he couldn't answer the bell there for uh, game six against the Braves. Uh, he's 38 years old. So, I, you know, I think they have to figure out how uh, to preserve this guy deep into the season. Now, this year he, he was on the IL twice. And he only, you know, he made, I think it was 23 starts. Uh, and, you know, that he was disappointed that he didn't get over 30. But, listen, maybe he's at the point now where you look to get 20 to 25 starts out of Max Scherzer and, and figure out how he's healthy, you know, how you keep him healthy for October. Uh, talking with Mike Poole of the New York Post, uh, let me ask you this. Well, the game the other night, Joe Musgrove is pitching his lights. I mean, he's pitching great. The, the Mets couldn't even touch him. And yet in the sixth inning, Showalter comes out and is questioning the umpires, and they start looking at Musgrove's ears 
I guess, for looking for some foreign substance. Uh, was that more about distracting him? I mean, how did you read that? Yeah, like a little bit of game, gamesmanship on Showalter's part. It, you know, at that point, uh, they were getting a little desperate. They weren't putting runners on base. And you almost wonder if Showalter did it just to try and uh, rattle Musgrove as much as, as thinking maybe there was something illegal going on there. Because, uh, and he, he, he did rattle Musgrove's cage, if you, you saw afterward with some of the stuff that was going on with some of the mannerisms, the gestures toward the Mets dugout, stuff yeah. like that. But uh, he kept it together. The, the, you know, the Mets couldn't do anything against him. But, yeah, I, I think that was just Showalter trying to get under his skin, maybe. How quiet was the Mets locker room after the game? I'm assuming you went down there. Yeah, and it, it was kind of a, you know, it's kind of a weird vibe. It wasn't quiet, quiet. It was, it was almost like, okay, it was guys uh, saying goodbye to one another and a lot of hugs. And, uh, you know, I, I've been in a lot uh, more uh, funereal clubhouses after, you know, kind of season-ending losses like that. But um, obviously the disappointment was there. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they knew they had, they knew they had a good team that had an opportunity to go far, but, uh, I think, I think the disappointment is also knowing that, you know, they're not going to come back intact next year, that there, there are going to be some changes, whether it's the Grom or Brandon Nimmo or, uh, some other members of this rotation or, you know, even Edwin Diaz is a free agent. So, uh, you know, they have some core guys that, may not be back, so I, I think there's kind of that uh, realization, too, that hit them. Hey, Mike, let me ask you this. I spoke to, I, I stay in touch with Dale Murphy, uh, and before the Braves met series at the end of the year, uh, I said, what do you think about the series? He goes, um, the Braves are going to beat the Mets all three, and I said, well, you're a former Brave. I expect you to say that. <laughs> and he says, no, he said, I, he says, I think that the Braves are in the Mets' head. Would you agree? Well, certainly now after the sweep they are, but uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would have agreed with that going into that series. But listen, the fact that the the Braves didn't relent all summer and they never went away—they were that pest that you know every time uh, the Mets thought that they were going to pull away a little bit, the, the Braves would would get another winning streak going. So. Maybe in that regard, yeah, they were in their head. But uh, you know, and and now you look at how this thing is going to play out. It, it's it's a great rivalry that you know that's set up for years to come between these two teams because the Braves aren't going away. You look at the, the young talent they have, and uh, uh, you know some of those pitchers, and certainly the lineup. I mean, that that's a real good team. So I, I think Mets Braves is going to be must see uh, TV for a while here. Yeah, they. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the pitcher. He was just signed, young pitcher, Strader, is it? Strader, right. Yeah, he got he got signed to an extension that takes him through 2028. They've locked up a lot of young talent to the tune of over 350 million. They've got on the payroll, but this team is. I mean, uh, Acuna's locked up long term. Ozzy Albies is locked up long term. Uh, the, the general manager in Atlanta is doing a hell of a job. He really is, and, and that's the thing. You, you know, you, you get this talent and you lock it up to make sure it can't get away. And uh, 
you know, you'll you'll get Atlanta. You you expect them to be a force here for you know at least the next five six years going forward, and uh, you know maybe maybe longer than that. Let's handicap uh, where we go from here in terms of this year's postseason. You look at uh, the strength and the strength in the National League. You would still think is the Dodgers, uh, and they get the Padres. Uh, that'll be kind of an interesting because the the fact that they're they're so close and rivals too. You've got the Mets meeting, uh, not the Mets, the Braves playing the Phillies. I was surprised at the way the Phillies handled the Cardinals. Were you? A little bit, but you know, it's part of the thing of getting in a short series like that when it's a two out of three. Um, but in, in, now you see, uh, I just thought David Robertson's going to be out for the Phillies. He got actually got injured uh, celebrating a Bryce Harper home run, so he, he won't be uh, <laughs> pitching uh, in this uh, next series against the Braves. But I, I think what everybody wants to see probably is Dodgers Braves, just because it's the you know you got two heavyweights there. This would be round three. They played the last two years in the NLCS and. I think normally I think you want you don't want to see the same teams over and over again, but uh, you, you look at these two teams and they're so good and there's so much talent there. I think uh, I think that's what you want to see here is Braves Dodgers once again. Do you give the edge to the defending champion? <sighs> Boy, I, normally I would, but. This is also a Dodgers team that won 111 games, and they've, they've mm-hmm. got a lot of answers. So mm-hmm. I, I, I might, uh, I think I might put them on even ground going in. Meanwhile, over in the American League, uh, you know the Houston Astros uh, are, I think, a tremendous team. They may be the best team in the American League. They wind up playing the Yankees. Let's face it; they played each other last year. But uh, I think the uh, the Yankees are finally beyond talking about Aaron Judge breaking the home run record, and now they get down to business. Uh, but they've got the Yankees have some question marks in my mind. Uh, I think it's going to be if they get to that point where they play each other. I think it's going to be a grueling series. Yeah, it will be. And the, you know, the Yankees their their bullpen is a major issue right now. Yep. Uh, so. They're, they're going to have a tough time just getting past Cleveland in this division series, but yeah, that you know that's the the one everybody probably like to see in the American League is Houston and the Yankees. I, but you know, unlike Dodgers and Braves, where I, I think those teams are are even, I, I think Houston's a cut above everybody in, in the American League. Uh, let me ask you this before I let you go, Mike. Uh, a lot of discussion. Uh, when Aaron Judge broke the home run record of Roger Maris, so they started talking about Barry Bonds and 73 home runs. I read an article where uh, the writer said, uh, you know, Barry Bonds has, has got the most home runs in the history of the game. End of story. Is it? Uh, listen, he's got 73 home runs. It's the record. I, I think most of us are smart enough to realize there was something going on there. I, I think we can distinguish the two, where we can say, okay, Bonds has the record here at 73, but we know what was happening. Judge is 62. There's no evidence that, that he was using any uh, performance-enhancing drugs here. So, I, I just look at it that way. I, I don't know if, if we have to, you know, distinguish here between black and white, where it could just be, all right, this is what it is, you know. I would say this, uh, 
I don't know Aaron Judge, but what I've seen and what I've read and what I've spoken to people that cover him, this is guy. This is Aaron Judge, all all American boy. I mean, everybody seemed to be rooting for this guy because uh, people like to see records broken. And by the same token, he seems to be this clean living guy that everybody uh, is happy for. Mm. Yeah, and I haven't been around him enough to get to know him. I'm on the other side covering the Mets, but uh, certainly he projects that image. He's an easy guy to root for, um, says all the right things. Um, so I, I think a lot of people are happy for him, and it it was it was a great storyline this year. It, it gave us something to kind of uh, captivated us here down the stretch. Mike, appreciate your time and your insight, and you stay safe. Thank you. Thank you, Howard. He is Mike Puma of the New York Daily. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.